What up, everybody? It's your boy, George Becknell, and I'm back in the paint. I got a good episode for y'all this week. It's SEC Media Day. So, of course, I got to talk about my Tigers, talk about them this year, and talk about some future Tigers. I'll also be talking about Pelicans free agency. So I have all that for you guys right after this. I want to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by the law office of Harry R. Brown Jr. Harry is an injury attorney that specializes in car accidents, truck accidents, work-related injuries, and more. If you need to reach Harry, you can do so at www.hrbrownlaw.com or you can call him at 225-938-5556. So ladies and gentlemen, if y'all remember anything else I've said tonight, anything else I've said on this particular episode, remember this, call Harry Brown. That's 225-938-5556. All right, everybody. Let's just dive straight into it. So, SEC Media Day was held in Atlanta, Georgia, and Coach O was asked a whole bunch of questions. But it seems to me that tradition for an LSU football coach over the last 10 years is having to answer the question, who's going to play quarterback? You know, in the last, I don't know, the last four or five years with the quarterback position, well, I'm going to go back further than that. The last 10 years, with the exception of some solid play from Zach Mettenberger one year, some very good play from Zach Mettenberger, LSU quarterbacks have been pedestrian at best, right? So, you know, Coach O comes in year before last um, after Les Miles gets fired four games into the season. And the LSU Tiger program on, on the surface never really took off. Like, it, it feels like it's on the same level that Les left it. Right. And you see all these guys that go to LSU and they go to the NFL. LSU has the most guys in the NFL. The state of Louisiana have more NFL players per capita. You know, you got to start to wonder why isn't all this talent producing? And most people can see that the offense has been very bland, very pedestrian over the last few years. Now, last year, Matt Canada had the guys shifting. He had some pre-snap motion. You know, the LSU was still a run-first football team, but the quarterback play still hasn't been really, really good. So, obviously, the biggest, the most consistent need on the LSU football team in the last 10 years has been better quarterback play. So, you know, coming back, you got Miles Brennan and you got Lowell Narcisse. Now, Miles Brennan is a guy 
who uh, I just think the world of. Like, I think this guy has all the arm talent. I think if if we're patient with him, if LSU fans are patient with him, LSU coaching staff is patient with him, I think this guy will be a a star. You know, I think he has all the capability in the world. To You know, he has the arm strength. He's accurate. Uh, his decision-making needs some work. Um, but he's young, you know. Now, he obviously got to put on, a, on on some weight. And the, the kid's very, very small. But I think he's a he he has the potential to be a very very good quarterback. Lowell Narcisse is a guy that they had too. You know, this was a guy who uh, from St. James had a couple of had a couple of knee injuries, but when he was younger in the sophomore year, everybody thought he was going to be the number one quarterback in the country. So this guy's talented. Uh, he's very mobile. He can move around. Uh, he can he can move around with the best of them. Actually, uh, his passing needs some work. So I don't know. Th- th- these were the two guys that LSU were looking at. Like, hey, these might be the guys of the future. Well, then they go sign a transfer from Ohio State, Joe Burrow. So now you add Joe Burrow to the mix. And just looking at it, Joe Burrow, I don't know how ready he is because he didn't play a whole lot at Ohio State because Miles Brennan played here last year, right? You know, so he's got a little experience too. But Joe Burrow, to me, is probably a mix between those two guys, right? Where he's not quite as as good of a passer as Miles Brennan or let me say this I don't think he has the potential in the passing game as Miles Brennan um he is bigger I think he's he's more ready to play you know and Urban Meyer Urban Meyer has a good track record when it comes to developing quarterbacks I mean, with the exception of Tim Tebow, but he didn't do too bad with Tim Tebow either. Um, so I kind of like this guy as a front runner. I think that's the consensus that most people would have. Now, Coach O hadn't committed to him, but Coach O is pleased with what he's seeing from Joe Burrow thus far. Um, I actually think he'll be the starter opening day, but we, we'll see. But what I am excited about is – the fact that Steve Insminger is the offensive coordinator again. And to give you a little backstory, you know, Steve Insminger was the guy that replaced Cam Cameron after Les Miles and Cam Cameron were dismissed, right? In that season, after uh, Les was fired, in the remaining games, the LSU offense averaged 30 points a game. I felt like they were balanced. They didn't run as complicated of a system as uh, as Matt Canada. But but it was effective. They were able to push the ball down the field um, with Danny Etling. Uh, so I thought the balance of the offense was really good. And even the games that they lost, you know, they lost to Florida. 
Um, well, they lost to Alabama. That seems to be the yearly tradition, losing to Alabama. The bowl game, too. I don't feel like that was a lack of offensive game planning. I felt like Steve Inspinger put his guys in position to make plays, and we didn't really make the plays down the stretch. So I really am confident that Steve Ingsminger is going to have the offense do what it needs to do. And also, another thing that Steve Ingsminger has that Matt Canada doesn't is the trust of Coach O. Because I think Coach O got a little bit out of his role last year because, you know, he, he, had, he had mentioned it. When he was at Ole Miss, he wasn't successful because he tried to control everything. He wanted to coach the offense, the defense, the linemen, the backs, the receivers. Ever he wanted to coach everybody, you know. And when he got promoted at LSU, his main thing was that he was going to be the CEO. Um, the fact that he trusts Steve Insminger is going to allow him to not really dip too much into the offense, more so than he should. And you got Dave Aranda as a defensive coordinator who might be the best defensive coordinator in the country. If not the best, he's definitely top three. You know, you already know that defense led by Devin White is going to come in and, and, and ball. So that's not, that's, not even a, that's not even a concern at this point. I really like this young LSU Tiger team. I like the coaching staff. I just plead with Tiger fans, be patient. You know, because on the surface, you really think about this on the surface. You know, you look at what Les Miles was able to do. Les Miles went nine and three every year. Because Les Miles knew that he had a very good football team and the team was capable of running over 75 percent of their opponents. So they went nine and three every year. Um. LSU has probably the hardest schedule in the country. You know, if you think about it, Miami's good. Mark Rick has been doing a great job down there. The U is back. You know, Dan Mullen, you don't know what's going to happen with Dan Mullen at Florida. I think Dan Mullen is a good coach. Florida's always have talent. I think Florida's going to come back. Um, You always got Auburn every year. Every year. Texas A&M, you got Jimbo Fisher. He's been doing a great job recruiting. Well, Texas A&M always was able to recruit well. But you got a guy like Jimbo with some talent. Man, that, that's kind of scary. And then you got the two teams that played the national championship, Alabama and Georgia, on the schedule too. So if you're an LSU fan, and this LSU team that's predicted to go 6-6, six and six, Goals nine and three. That is a very good season, fans. So just be patient. But I think they're going to be a little better than what people expect. Um, I'm excited for the season. So go Tigers. So we address the guys that's going to be on the field for LSU in 2018. But let's talk a little bit about the guys that that's going to be wearing the purple and gold in 2019. You know, 
because they they have a very good class so far uh, upcoming. And I'm looking at this guy, Peter Parrish, right? Peter Parrish, some people had him ranked as the number four dual-threat quarterback in the country. Uh, 6'1", 198 pounds. The guy can ball, all right? So it's really interesting to me what this is saying because I'm excited to see what this young man could do. Um, I'm always intrigued anytime LSU goes out and get any type of quarterback that's that's highly ranked. Um, he's a four-star guy. Um, some people got him at three, but most of the things I've read has him at four stars, right? He runs a 40 in the four, five, four, six range. Um, he had a pretty successful season last year. He threw for about 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns. He ran for another 700 yards. Now, I know what you're about to say. That's that's pretty pedestrian. It's pretty low. But his high school has some weird two-quarterback system where they, where they always play two guys. So splitting time, I think that's pretty good numbers. Um, So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what he's able to do. But if we're going to talk about the 2019 recruiting class, you got to mention Derek Stingley, right? Derek Stingley, a lot of people got him as the best corner in the country. You know, he's from Baton Rouge. He played at Dunham High School. And this is a guy, to me, that is a true shutdown corner. I mean, watching film on this guy, I really feel like he'll be that type of player that he'll develop into being able to take away one side of the field. You know, you make sure you got the edge locked up. And, man, when when somebody like Dave Aranda has that type of luxury on the defense, there's no, there's no telling what different combinations he could come up with if your corner is taking away the whole side of the field for you. And, and just watching film on this guy, bro, this his ball skills are amazing. Like, I saw him make a break on the ball five, six yards away and make the play. His ball skills in the air. He's going up. He's catching the ball at the highest point and picking it off. He is a special guy. And I'm telling you, Tiger fans, remember this name because he's going to be a fan favorite. This guy is that good. All right, so we just talked about some skill, guys. You know me. I got to show the, the big boys up front, the guys in the trenches, some love, too. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Cardell Thomas, another Baton Rougean that's going to stay at home to play at LSU. Now, he went to Southern Lab. He's listed at guard. But listen to this. He's 6'3", 356 pounds. Just watching him working out, watching him at camp, just seeing the way he's been able to pancake people, he's been able to dominate people. It's hard for me to see him play guard at LSU. You know, maybe I'm wrong about this, but he seems more like a, like a tackle. So I could, I'll see him playing. I can see him playing on the end a little bit more, but... This brother is physical. He's aggressive. I love the way he just fires off the ball with power. 
So I'm looking forward to see all three of these young men in the Tiger uniform. I expect big things from all these brothers. So, all right. Switching gears a little bit, I'm going to stay local, but at the same time, I'm changing the sport. So, I talked a lot about the NBA free agency in the last couple of weeks. But I didn't really talk too much about the Pelicans. You know, obviously they lost Boogie and Rondo, which were, I thought, huge losses, more so Rondo. I feel like Rondo had a control of the offense and was really a true floor general and a difference maker for the Pelicans. I mean, the guy took off pressure off Drew Holiday where he could really be a a two-guard most of the time. You know, he was able to distribute. He had a 20-assist game in Brooklyn. uh, Well, not in Brooklyn, against Brooklyn at home, excuse me. Uh, I just thought that the Pelicans, as they were, were pretty good, you know. Um, I didn't expect Boogie Cousins to come back. He just, they seemed like they played better without him. But in my opinion, you can't let a talent like Boogie Cousins leave for free, especially go sign with the Warriors for $5 million. So if you look at, so they lost Boogie and Rondo, but they replaced those guys with Julius Randle and Alfred Payton. Now, Alfred Payton is a solid player. He's from New Orleans. You gotta you gotta love when the hometown people come back and, and play for the hometown team, right? Julius Randle's a guy I've always liked. You know, I, I thought he was a solid piece with the Lakers. I just felt like he never really reached his potential. Maybe playing alongside an Anthony Davis is gonna really help him hone his skills and, and reach his potential. But if you're Anthony Davis, you got to look around and say, what's going on here? Like, you had a team last year that played the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. Now, you lost to the Warriors at five. Um, But watching those games, there was really only one game that got out of hand. I felt like the Pelicans were very competitive with the Warriors and – had they, had they had more of a presence at the three small forward position, they might have been able to be be more competitive, maybe give the give the Warriors a better series, you know. Because right now, the landscape of the NBA, I don't think your goal should be to win 60 games or win 55 games in the regular season. In the regular season, it really doesn't matter. You just have to have enough. You know, your goal should be to beat the Warriors, no matter what that takes. You know, Boogie Cousins as a missing piece, yeah. I don't think that they would have had a better record had Boogie been healthy. But having Boogie on the floor against Golden State, you really, I think you have a better shot with somebody like Boogie. But my point is, they're the benchmark. You're competing with them. They're they're the guys that's winning year in and year out. That if you want a serious shot at the title, you got to beat the Warriors. And if I'm Anthony Davis, I'm looking around. I'm like, wait a minute. My team 
did not get better in free agency. Now, at first it came out saying that they didn't offer Boogie Cousins anything, and then the report came out that they offered him two two years, forty mil, so twenty million a year. I don't know. I I don't know how bad he wanted to get out of New Orleans if he took five million for one year to go to Golden State, but either way, he walked. And Rondo walked. So, Andy Davis is under contract till the year 2021. And he's already committed, saying that he's not going to ask for a trade. He's going to play throughout his contract in New Orleans. But, I mean, could you blame the man if he's not satisfied with what's going on? Because, I mean... Dale Demps hasn't really done anything much to get a guy some help until recently. You know, year before last, you go out after the All-Star game, you trade for Boogie. You know, you bring in Rondo as a free agent. But now that's gone. So the majority of Anthony Davis's career in New Orleans, he hasn't had help. So I, this is something to watch over the next season because he should want to be like anybody else. I mean, this guy is a top-tier player in the NBA. You know, I thought he could have won MVP last year. You know, James Harden had an exceptional season, but Andy Davis was in the talks. Eventually, he's going to want to win him a ring. And with the way things are going, I don't like his chances in New Orleans. I really don't. Now, obviously, as somebody who lives in Louisiana and roots for the Pelicans, you want him to stay. But if he's if he's disgruntled and he's not really feeling like Dale Demps and Alvin Gentry are really doing everything they can to win the title in New Orleans, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't finish his career in New Orleans. That's all I'm saying. And that's something to watch. So keeping things on the hardwood, you know, the NBA Summer League is, is wrapping up. Now, normally a lot of people don't really watch the Summer League, but I, I've i been watching it this year, and there's two guys, in my opinion, that's just been lighting it up. You know, first guy I'm going to talk about is a young guard. For You know, he plays with the Cleveland Cavaliers. His name is Colin Sexton. Now, I'm not going to acknowledge the Crimson and Cream school he went to, but he did play in college for a very, very good basketball coach in Avery Johnson. And, I mean, this guy has come on the scene strong to me. This guy has come on the scene really showing why he was drafted number eight overall. You know, he's he's a point guard. But he's very, very strong. He doesn't he doesn't look as strong as he actually is. But he's very strong. He's been able to handle the ball. He's been able to shoot it. He's been explosive. He's been able to get to the rack. Like, this guy is going to be a very, very good player for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm not going to say anything crazy like he's going to make them forget about LeBron. You know, <laughs> nobody's that good. But... You know, I think he's he was a pleasant surprise. He's going to be a very good player in Cleveland. Now, 
despite how well he's played, the Cavaliers did fall to the Lakers in the semifinals of the Summer League. Now, and speaking of the Lakers, Josh Hart, man, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't even recognize this guy from Villanova. You know, Josh Hart played at Villanova year before last. He spent some time. He spent last year with the Lakers. He averaged like seven points or something like that. This guy has been the absolute truth. I mean, he, he he's able to do it all. He He's kind of like Colin Sexton, except a little bit more seasoned because he's played he's played a year already. But this, this brother's been amazing. Like, he can score at will. He can get out there and facilitate. He's been shooting. I don't know, man. Like, both of these young brothers have really, really impressed me. Now, with Josh Hart, I don't really see him fitting in that well with the Lakers. I think you got a lot of guys, but you never know. He might be some trade bait for Magic Johnson to be able to get Kawhi to L.A., you know. Obviously, you don't trade him for Kawhi head up. But at the same time, he's increased his value. He could be part of a package. Um, Colin Sexton, man, he's just wide open in Cleveland. You know, ain't nothing going on in Cleveland. Just Colin Sexton and Kevin Love. All right, enough about the NBA. I told y'all guys last week that every week from now on, I'll be talking about a, something positive that – at least have been doing in the community. And I I saw this story come across my phone uh, yesterday where Saints reserve defensive tackle Mitchell Lowen. You know, he's just having brunch with his wife at Willie Jean Restaurant off of Gerard Street in uh, in New Orleans. And he hears like a like this big crash. So he walks outside, and this Mercedes-Benz SUV fell from, like, the fourth floor of a parking garage onto the ground. I don't know how in the hell an SUV falls out from the fourth floor in a parking garage, but there was a passenger in it. And he was the only guy in in the vehicle, and everybody was outside looking at the vehicle Stunned, and if you saw the vehicle, it looked like a balled-up tin can. Well, anyway, Mitchell Lowen finds some kind of way to to winch the door open and save the man that fell four stories up from the parking garage. So the man's in the hospital in New Orleans. He's expected to live, but you know, kudos to Mitchell Lowen. The guy was just sitting in his car, everybody looking at him like, oh my God, what just happened? And this brother took action to help save a life. So, kudos to Mitchell Lowen. I'll be bringing you something positive that these athletes are doing every week. But, I guess I'll just give y'all who I had mine next week. When I saw this come across my phone, I just had to talk about this. But, as always... It's my sincere hope that you've enjoyed some of the things that I've had to say. Uh, I always appreciate you guys' feedback. I'll be incorporating a little bit more of uh, the local stuff per you guys' feedback. So I do listen. So please hit me up. My social media hadn't changed. 
My Twitter is at George underscore Becknell. And my Instagram is at the letter N underscore the underscore paint. So that's at N underscore the underscore paint. Let me know what you think. All comments, feedback, requests are always welcome. And I'll see you guys next time in the paint.